respectively met, to extended moaning about how we wanted to quit our lousy, highly paid jobs, which allowed us to meet our heroes, wangle backstage tickets and hold the high and mighty to account, in favour of less stressful, more meaningful lives as bricklayers in the Outer Hebrides. Throughout, I stayed true to three fundamental tenets of middle-class London life. Never confess to religiosity. You may as well confess to paedophilia. Never admit to being impressed by a celebrity you've met. You may as well confess to paedophilia. And always moan about your job. It seems the price of a flash job in your twenties is self-loathing. In practice, this meant suppressing the fact that there was once a time when I prayed for an hour every day, concealing the fact that had entered the number of every celebrity I'd ever interviewed into my mobile phone, and ignoring the voice of the Indian immigrant in my head, which, during the Hebridean bricklaying fantasies, kept on muttering, there's a lot to be said for an office job and an opportunity to contribute to a money-purchase pension scheme. The evening ended with a spilt glass of red, a group rendition of Elton John's Rocket Man, and the embittered charity worker living upstairs asking whether we knew what time it was. It was 3 a.m., Laura and I were in bed soon afterwards, and, five hours later, I was reaching blindly for her Jacob Jensen alarm clock, dragging myself out of her John Lewis bed and brushing the cobwebs from my teeth with her Paul Smith toothbrush. I fixed myself a breakfast of muesli and unconcentrated orange juice, and, on hearing deathly murmurings drifting from the bedroom, went in to say goodbye. You okay? She had a sweet way of sleeping curled up in the middle of mattresses. Feel sick. You drank two bottles of wine. Two. I kissed her on her forehead and passed the Evian from her bedside cabinet. Why didn't you stop me? She pressed the plastic bottle against the side of her face, as if trying to ease bruising. I've got to go. Ugh. Drink lots of water. What if I die? Drink lots of water. How come you're okay? Water, my dear. She put a pillow over her head and groaned. Could you leave a bucket next to the bed? Leaving the flat, I headed off to what I called, with the compulsory irony of my trade, the packy shop, where I picked up an edition of the national newspaper I worked on, to check whether they had run an interview I'd conducted with a prominent media personality. This being London, I made no attempt at small talk with the newsagent as I did so, and he knew better than to attempt banter in return. And on the way to the tube station I proceeded not to give the time of day to the embittered charity worker from upstairs who was walking down the street in Birkenstocks, having most likely spent the morning washing lepers or helping violent lunatics reintegrate into the local community, the spaced-out German banker whom I'd never spoken to and who lived below Laura, the teenager whom I'd never spoken to and who lived with the Spanish architects next door to Laura, and the postman I had down as a madman, because he was forever smiling and trying to wish people a good morning. I fell asleep on the tube halfway through my own article, woke up at Euston and caught an overland train, on which I surrendered to my delayed hangover, waking up two hours later to the sight of rusty corrugated roofs, 
and polluted land dissected by lines of poisoned trolley-strewn canalways. Wolverhampton. I disembarked, feeling even worse than Laura had looked, and felt worse still as I approached the taxi rank and remembered I was related to at least a third of the cabbies in Wolverhampton. This may not, on the face of it, sound like a problem, but it plays havoc with Punjabi etiquette. The cabbie, on seeing you are a relative, will feel honour-bound not to charge you. But you, knowing the cabbie will have been queuing for some time for a lucrative fare, will feel honour-bound to insist he takes payment. Like so many social interactions in the Sikh community, the encounter will end in a kind of wrestling match, with one person trying to thrust money on the other, the other refusing to accept, and both people ending up offended and possibly physically bruised by the other's persistence. That afternoon, with my head...